Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I'm your host, Shane Bacon. This week's return episode with No Laying Up's Tron Carter is brought to you by OGO. OGO is your single destination spot for the best golf bags in the business. Durable, lightweight. OGO allows every type of golfer out there an option from carry to cart with all types of price points. If you haven't taken a look at their selection, visit OGO.com right now and give the Silencer Stand Golf Bag a look. The Carbon Colorway will make you dig in that pocket for your wallet. OGO.com right now. O-G-I-O.com right now. I also wanted to remind everybody to sign up for PGA Tour Live today. I'll be hosting this week's coverage of the WGC Dell Match Play, and the PGA Tour Live app is the best way to keep up with the coverage earlier in your day, especially if you're like me and you're on the West Coast. I have the app on my Apple TV, my iPad, my iPhone. It's the only way to see early round action at an insanely low price of $39.99 for the entire year, all year. That's less than a dozen golf balls. Visit PGATourLive.com backslash subscription right now to get hooked in. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. I was on a three-week travel around the world. I got hitched in Queenstown, unbelievable city that at the time was gearing up for the New Zealand Open. I got to sneak in a little round of golf at the incredible Jack's Point there in Queenstown, which basically was like Pebble Beach on a lake. And the lake's so big there that you feel like you're on an ocean. It was incredible. My wedding gift to myself was a flight over to Melbourne, and I got to play Royal Melbourne, which was number one on my list of golf courses that I wanted to play in this world. I was lucky enough to a caddy for a friend of mine in Melbourne uh, maybe five or six years ago at an LPGA event there at Royal Melbourne. And when I first set my eyes on the place, I said, I got to play this at some point. And I was lucky enough to get a round in and then played five on the East, which they do when they do that whole composite golf course, when they have the big events there. So I got in all the ones on the one side of the road that you want in to plus 18 at the West. And it was great. The people there were so nice. And a quick note on New Zealand and Australia, it's an incredible place to watch golf. And what I mean that is watch golf on TV. I mean, I was trying to stay away from it on the trip, but I'd get up at seven or eight in the morning and it'd be mid-round coverage of the PGA Tour. It was lovely. I once watched the U.S. Open back, uh, the Phil Mickelson, I'm such an idiot, U.S. Open uh, back in 2006, the final round at the Dunvegan in Scotland. It was at night. I mean, it was 10 or 11 p.m. They kept the pub open. They were playing bagpipe music when Colin Montgomery would make a birdie. He was, of course, making a big run there. I thought that was the best, but I'm not sure, especially since I struggle at this point in my life to stay up past 11 p.m., I'm not sure you can beat that early round golf, especially the day after. The Royal Melbourne members were telling me they had this this big jamboree on Monday because they watched the Masters final round on, on Monday morning, and then they go, all go out and play. It sounded awesome. So way to go, New Zealand and Australia, and the, the golf viewing there. It was a lot of fun. A lot has happened, of course, since we last rolled out an episode. I appreciate you guys still sticking around and subscribing. We're going to talk a lot about that with Tron. Mark Leishman, of course, a winner this week. As were golf fans in general, it was a cool week for sure at Bay Hill. A lot of love for Arnie uh, from fans, players, broadcasters, everybody. I love the cardigan for the winner. I love that they changed that up. Ricky Fowler, I thought, went above and beyond all week. And people really took notice. I mean, Ricky continues to just do the right thing over and over again. And Rory, just a couple weeks back from injury, nearly chased down Leishman. He is a couple of maybe bulky putts at the end, but I don't fault him for that putt on 18. He knew he needed to get to 11 under, which ended up being correct. And he gave that birdie putt a run and, of course, missed the comebacker for par. But Rory is rounding in shape. I mean, played great at the end of the year last year. And, of course, the injury set him back a little bit. But he seems to be uh, gearing up. I mean, we're only a couple of weeks away from the Masters, which is crazy to think. A lot of good things to chat about. 
not just over the last couple of weeks around the PGA Tour, but 2017 in general. Uh, and a reminder before we get going with our guest to follow us on Twitter at Shane Bacon at the Clubhouse Pod for updates, info, everything you need. There's a newsletter, a Clubhouse newsletter that goes in your inbox on Monday and Wednesday mornings. You can sign up for that if you go to the Clubhouse Pod Twitter account. It is pinned right there at the top. The link is you just throw your email in there. Sign up. Easy enough. And that is enough for me. So pumped to be back. We've got a lot of fun guests lines up in the next two, two and a half weeks. It's crazy to think how many people I've already talked to about jumping on as we get closer and closer to the Masters. As I said, two weeks away. It is insane. It is rolling and it is nearing, and we are excited as some of these players are, like I said, Ricky, Rory, Dustin, Justin Thomas, all these guys are having a great year. We're still kind of waiting for Jason Day to pop back in it, but it'll be a great week at the match play. But enough from me. Let's get to the guest. And I'm pumped to welcome into the clubhouse for the first time the man, the myth, the chief inspector of golf Twitter, Tron Carter. If you don't follow him, do so now at Tron Carter. NLU, of course, a part of No Lane Up. Tron, how goes it? Going well, man. I'm, I'm down here down here in Florida, Naples, just uh, soaking up this 75-degree weather. Nice to be out of the cold northeast. Yeah, so. it, was, it, was, it was really strange. It just kind of blew through. I mean, I was out of the country at the time, but it seemed like everybody was expecting a, a nasty snowstorm that it, it kind of hit, but kind of didn't. And let me tell you, I did the northeast for 11 months, and uh, that was about all I needed. I think 11 months was about all I really wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And the summers are nice. Yeah, I mean, the summers are fantastic, but, oh, uh, it is. Yeah. And I don't even mind January, February. It's when you get to mid to late March, early April, and it's still, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's 30 degrees and either raining or icing or wet snow. And then it refreezes and then it melts and it refreezes. That's, that's what kills me. And meanwhile, I'm from Atlanta and the, the azaleas are blooming and the dogwoods are blooming and the masters coming on and I'm like, all right, this is this is not where I want to be right <laughs> I now. I gotta get out of here. Well I, I wanted to start with a softball question for you. Um you of course have a lot of fun on social media. I think that um you're one of my favorite follows, if not my favorite follow, just because uh there's not a lot of holdback in what you say. So I wanted to ask you <laughs> do, do you think people look at you as a logical voice in golf Twittersphere, or do you think they look at you as an, an agitator who doesn't mind taking people on? Uh, good question. Probably a little bit of both. Um, I think the people that a lot of, you know, people realize, or a lot of people realize that what, some of what I say is tongue in cheek. You know, I'm just some guy kind of chucking them from the cheap seat to a certain <laughs> extent. Um, but but also, you know, I mean, some of it's just, I like getting people riled up with certain stuff, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, I don't really, unless somebody's done something to really, that warrants being called out and nobody else will call them out. Like I'll do that. But, um, but I don't like taking unwarranted shots, if that makes sense. Well, um, yeah, like you... I try to be somewhat judicious about, you know, I'm like, Hey, this guy deserves to get blown up for this, you know? Well, I, I think uh, I think yeah, that's part, I like to think of myself as like the as like the Twitter ombudsman <laughs> of like the golf Twitter. I, I like that. Well, it's part of the, it's part of my kinship with you over the years is is because you know when you get you know quote unquote in the business and I, I hate even saying that mm-hmm. you know I mean there's a lot of stuff you can't say. I mean there's stuff you can't say about players. There's stuff you can't mm-hmm. say about other media outlets doing stuff that maybe you don't totally agree with. And you know for me, I find myself at times 
letting things get under my skin. And of course, I mean, I can't just jump on Twitter and blast it out. Does it, the stuff yeah. that, that riles you up, does it really rile you up still? I mean, you, you have to understand now people almost look at you as, as, as somebody to question the authority in a way. But I mean, does this stuff still bother you? Does it still make you roll your eyes and have to close your laptop and go for a walk? Oh yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, for the most part, I mean, sometimes I'll do something a little bit tongue in cheek or act like I'm missed about something when I'm really not. But for the most part, I mean, like I still get just as pissed as I was two years ago when I was watching, watching coverage and all the commercials and all that on some of the, you know, on one of the unnamed networks out there. We won't, won't name any names here, but um, you know, but then at the same time too, I like to, I do like to follow back up and like praise progress. Like for instance, I felt like CBS, even though their product is still pretty crappy, they, I think they made strides year over year, you know, like they're, they're listening to feedback. So I do like to follow up and kind of give credit where credit is due too. You know, so it's like if somebody has been put on blast in the past by me, they're not necessarily permanently in the doghouse. Yeah, I mean it, it's important to let people know you'll you'll let them off the hook if, as you said, something does change. And you were out at the Arnold Palmer Invitational this past week. You got a chance to kind of walk around the range and, and have some fun earlier in the week. I was just going to ask. I mean, as somebody that that wasn't around for the early part of it and then got to catch a, a few hours of the TV coverage, did it feel different this year? I mean, did it did it did you could you could you kind of feel anything from the fans? I mean, because it seemed like from the media that. You know, the the focus throughout the week was simply on one thing and one thing only, and that was, of course, Mr. Palmer not being there. Did it feel like that on the on the course as well? I, I, you know, I really don't have a big reference point just because I've that was my first time at the event. Um, but as far as like Monday and Tuesday, it was pretty pretty quiet. And then I went back over on Wednesday afternoon, and it was it was uh, there was a lot of people there. The crowds were pretty big. But you know, and this is a take I've gotten from quite a few different people and um, in a variety of people where it almost felt like, and I love Arnold Palmer more than anybody, but it almost felt like some of the tributes and everything was, was almost over the top where, you know, there, it was like at every turn there was, there was some little thing. And, and I, like, I, I almost think he would have been a little bit embarrassed by it to a certain extent. Um, you know, and, and I thought some of it was extremely well done, but, you know, just, it was like breathless, like every, you know, every sentence was, was something intertwining Mr. Palmer into it. So I, I felt like it was a little bit, might've been a little bit over the top and almost, almost cheapened it to a certain extent, um, you know, at least on some of the coverage, but, uh, but, you know, it's certainly, yeah, I mean, it was certainly a kind of the, the overriding theme of the week. Yeah, well, the, I, I would say so. that the, the the shoes that Ricky wore, I, I loved. I just thought it was cool. And it was something mm-hmm. that, that I feel like Ricky is the lone man in golf that does things that other athletes do. You know, I, I feel like this is something that, yeah. that an NFL player would have done or, or somebody in the NBA would have done or a baseball player would have done it. I feel like Ricky's the only guy in golf that has ever just called up his shoe company and gone, can you make me these shoes? I loved the cardigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, as I wrote in the golf.com tour confidential, you know, there's one jacket in golf and that's it. So if you have a winner's jacket, it doesn't matter as much as the other one that's out there. You know I mean? If yeah. you're giving a cardigan to somebody, that's completely different. So I thought that was awesome. I love that they parked the cart down there by the pond. I just thought it was something that was, it was sentimental and cool. But I mean, I, I think yeah. that, 
that you, like you said, I mean, I mean, sometimes the, the golf is there, and that's something that, that Mr. Palmer, of course, loved. I mean, you go out there and watch the guys play. I mean, that's that's what he wanted to do. Uh, and speaking of, of golf and the way these guys are playing, um, it has been, I would say it's been a strange year in golf uh, for a couple of reasons. One is it seems to be the year of the streaky golfer. I mean, we saw it with Matsuyama to start, Justin Thomas, of course, going on his run. Now it's almost Adam Hadwin in a way. Uh, it seems to be kind of riding that momentum wave and nearly winning again. We haven't seen much from Jason Day. Rory's been injured. We've had to deal with all of this stuff around Tiger Woods. Uh, what's been your biggest takeaway from the 2017 season to this point as we sit a couple of weeks away from the Masters? Um, yeah, really, I think just the depth, too, of, of the tour right now. Um, you know, there's, I mean, even the guys that aren't necessarily winning yet but are, are getting, you know, even some of the newcomers, Going back to that that streaky theme, like you look at a a JJ Spawn or a Wesley Bryan, or I mean, there's there's some young guys out there. They're just they're they're showing up every week, and a lot of the time to, to new courses that they've never even seen before, and showing up and showing out. Like Keith Mitchell a couple weeks ago at the Valspar, um, JT Poston. I mean, like I can't say enough good things about that stuff because that's really to me that's that's remarkable when you can show up as a rookie out there and not only make cuts but but contend too yeah um, it's it's you know, we it, it, we we yeah. count we count wins too much i've I've kind of been preaching this mm-hmm. this idea for a while is just because a guy's not winning doesn't mean he's not playing well and i think uh so many times the winner takes the headlines and, and i really try to i've tried to pull out those storylines the ones you're mentioning because yeah i mean it's not easy doing this i mean of, of course it's not easy playing professional golf but to play professional mm-hmm. golf at a consistently high level on this tour um, as you said, as a rookie or a second-year player, is something that's really impressive, and it, and it is interesting the depth of the PGA Tour right now because you know you just mentioned four names that even a a regular golf fan probably doesn't couldn't pick out in the lineup, you know. And I mean, these are guys that have a ton of talent and that can go out there and play four, five, six straight weeks of great golf, and it's something that I really believe we haven't ever seen before on the PGA Tour is this this 200, 250 guys that are able to win yep. and, and could, can win a major if they really played well enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and guys that aren't, aren't necessarily the most hyped or the most, uh, even the most seasoned. You know, I mean, some of these guys haven't even played a full season on the web tour, you know? So, um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of um, natural cojones. I would yeah, it, it, it's, so. it's belief that you have to get good so fast. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, yeah. it's a product of, of, I mean, it's, it's, what's funny is it's a product of the guys that we talk about the most because they did it and everybody looked at them and went, oh, I should just do that now. I can't wait till I'm 25. I mean, you know, Spieth winning as a teenager mm-hmm. and, and doing what he did at the Masters his first three starts. I mean, you know, you, you, if you want to be great, you have to do that, which brings me to something else that you talk a lot about. It's one of my favorite Tronisms out there is, is your lax pop can't play campaign, I guess I will say. And um, so first, <laughs> explain to people that don't know what what lax pop can't play means. Because I mean, of course, these guys can play. I mean, all the guys out there, are yeah, good, good golfers. yeah, it's all it's, that's. It, I mean, it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's all relative. But um, my brother, one of the other NLU guys, he had a he had a football coach uh, in college who would say, you know, basically these these coaching jargon euphemisms like, oh, that guy stinks. Lax pop can't play. <laughs> Like, you know, and, and it could be like a starter in their linebacking core, but the guy would get 
trucked by like a freshman running back or, you know, just blown up trying to fill the hole. So I kind of, I kind of took that to golf, uh, like three or four years ago. And I just started blowing Kucher up with it. And, um, cause so my thing with Kucher is cause he's kind of the poster child in my mind. The guy's like six foot four. He's a remarkable athlete, like could probably play pro tennis if he didn't, you know, if he hadn't have gotten into golf, um, you know, just the frame. And he hits the ball like 270, 280. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that that's kind of like kind of like a ratio or or an inverse ratio of, of you know how how much pop you could have versus how much pop you actually have. <laughs> it's like the anti-Rory. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so everybody's kind of on a sliding scale between those two. <laughs> where like Rory has all the pop and Kujer has no pop. So uh, and then there's other factors too. Like, you know, it, you know, it's like a guy like, um, like Paul Casey, like he's a small guy, but he hits, he hits the heck out of it. You know what I mean? And, and he's, you know, I, I like his game. He can make birdies. He's got, you know, he's got some, got some firepower there. So it's kind of a mix between firepower, you know, how much you're using your, your skill and your, your talent to kind of maximize that. And then also just, there's some subjective factors like, if I don't like the way you dress, like if you're Troy Merritt or Brendan Steele, like <laughs> you could be a longer player, but totally black pop at the same time. Well, so what is a perfect yeah. golf outfit for you? Because I do feel like, and I, I used to do this all the time. It was one of my favorite things. I, this, this was how long ago, this is how, how much the internet has moved over the years. I used to, fo- not even Photoshop. I would like clip art, a picture of like <laughs> something I found funny, like Gumby when Ricky would wear like those mm-hmm. all green outfits and I would put it on a picture and then like blog it on my old, like first ever golf blog that was around a hundred years ago. But you know, I, I love, I've always loved to jump on the outfits cause I do think it's just so funny. Cause I mean, I just think it's something to talk about in the four and a half hours you're watching golf. So to you yeah. in your brain, Tron Carter's brain, which I'm sure it'd be a very interesting place to begin with. What is a perfect <laughs> golf outfit? Um, I would say, I really tend towards kind of the old school stuff. Like when, like when Mickelson used to be sponsored by Hugo Boss. Like oh, that man. was, that was you're awesome. Going to, you're, going, you're, going fa- you're going to Phil? This fashion is going to Phil. Wait, no, like pre-fat Phil though. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pinehurst then, like, 99 fat. Phil. I mean, he's not fat anymore, but yeah, like even like 96, 97 Phil, you know, where he was wearing, you know, he's wearing a lot of black. Um, I mean, Palmer, obviously, like I kind of reached back to those days. Um, you know, those are, those are kind of the, the heyday of, uh, of golf. I mean, I love watching those old show, wonderful world of golf, but I mean, all the guys that are like, that are sponsored by Polo on tour right now, like, I don't know. I, I kind of tend towards some of the more classic stuff. Yeah. So, you know and, and, and I give him a lot of, I give him a lot of crap, but, um, Morgan Hoffman's probably one of the best dressed guys out there. Yeah, the it, Grayson stuff. stuff's great, man. I I, 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 re- I really, yeah. really like the Grayson stuff. Um, so we've got your fashion. Now I was going to ask you about uh, players this year. So uh, both sides of the spectrum, as we already mentioned with the yeah. lax pop thing, which player this mm-hmm. year has surprised you in terms of uh, playing great or you know breaking out in a sense, and which player has surprised you with how bad they've played or how much they've struggled so far in 17? Um, one guy that 
kind of surprised me how much he struggled is and I, I guess I just keep looking for him to win, but he just he just can't putt. It's Patrick Rogers. I mean, he's got so much talent, and I'm just kind of expecting him. I mean, he played – he's had a tough couple weeks here. Um, the last couple, I keep expecting him to kind of break through. Um, but, again, you know, again, that's that's not even a fair thing. I think he had a pretty decent West Coast swing and, you know, made some cuts out there. So, um, like, who else? I mean, Bubba deserves to just get all the uh, negativity in the world right now. Yeah, but it's getting to that. It's getting to that kind of that word that rhymes with hip for him right now. I mean, it it's getting to the point where, yeah. I mean, if it's a three footer and it goes in, watching it on TV, you're almost surprised. I, like I, I don't like to joke about guys that have the shanks, and I don't like to joke about guys that have the yips. And you know, Bubba missing a couple short ones is all good and fun. But mm-hmm. right now, we're at a place where I'm watching his putting stroke, and I mean, it is. It looks like Ernie at the Masters last year. I mean, it, yeah. but it's on every green. Yeah, yeah, it's uncomfortable. And it, I think the other thing too is he. The word out there last week, I was talking to some of the equipment guys, and they're like, "Yeah, we like supposedly Bubba. Like he has no idea how far this ball is going to go. He's playing. <laughs> so, so that's kind of I think I think that's kind of in his head too. Well, that can't help. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, those would probably be my two. I mean. um, I, I need my my guy Alex Norin to step up too. He's kind of been quiet. I was I was I was pimping him a little bit with Solly. You know, Solly was was ragging on him that he was the number nine player in the world, and uh, he really hasn't done much since I told Solly that. So he's he's going to use him as like his his honor bond Lahiri or you know kind of his his overrated foreign guy for this year if he doesn't step it up. Hatton's been impressive. I think Hatton has been, to me, yeah. one of the one of the more impressive players this year in the sense of guys that have gone under the radar. I mean, you know, he, he's he's finished it before Spieth at Pebble. It's looked a lot like how Spieth was playing. You know, he wasn't winning, but you know, it was top ten, top mm-hmm. seven, top five. It seemed like every single week. Yeah. I did love that he had a little bit of a blow up last week as well. I mean, I kind of like it when the guys flip out a little bit every now and again. I think it's good for the game oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh no, it keeps things interesting. Yeah, like th- Grillo the other day. Oh, throw it in the throw it in the water. I mean, we all get mad. That's what's so funny. We all get frustrated. Yeah, exactly. And well, and then and then he got out of his system. He had nine, and then he made a two on the next hole. You know, get it out of your system and and roll with it. You know. But yeah, I mean, going back to Bubba, I mean, I five putted yesterday <laughs> out there. You know, so it's it's <laughs> it's out there. I right. mean, I think I had like 10 or 11 putts on the front nine. And I think I had 22 putts on the back nine. So <laughs> it's it, one it, of those days. It gets us all. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the bubble putting thing, yeah. like I said, I, it, it's going to be, you know, there, there's things I don't like to watch in golf. I mean, I, I really don't like to watch guys like you, that you can see struggling in their face. You know I mean? It's funny now and yeah. again to, to see a guy blow up or have a bad hole or whatever, but when I can see it's like affecting their, you know, when you can tell it's probably in their mind at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. that night. I mean, with Bubba, it seems yeah. like that. It's the same as Tiger. I mean, we can get to Tiger in a minute. I was going to wait a little bit. But, you know, the Tiger thing at this point has gotten so sad to watch. I mean, him out there trying to play golf and trying to come back, mm-hmm. and they still give you the same quotes and the same stuff from his team. And it's just – it's not fun anymore. I mean, it's it's just not – there's nothing – great that comes of it and and the problem with that is a lot of the times sports will let legends just kind of fade away but I mean most media outlets still will not talk about golf unless you know Tiger's attached to it 
Yeah, I think with Tiger, too, it's, it, he hasn't done himself any favors as far as the way that he's gone about it, too. You know, I, I mean, I feel like he just he likes getting people's expectations up. And then there's something there that I, I don't know what it is, but it, 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 it seems like this whole charade is a little bit a little bit unnecessary. Right. He's not, you know, he, he's not doing himself any favors either with it. So, no. I mean, um, and I, I think going back, I was thinking about guys that kind of expecting a little bit more out of this year. I think the two two FSU dudes, uh, Kepka and and DB Straight Vibe and Daniel Berger, um, they're they're both kind of you know just kind of treading water. I mean, Kepka's been struggling the last last month or so, especially. But um, but yeah, I expected to see a little bit more of a leap from them year to year. Yeah, when you so. when you when you think about you mentioned some names that have had a great season to start, some kind of um under the radar names or maybe you know not the mm. sexiest names out there. And and I think that just as much as you can focus on those guys, when you look at somebody like Patrick Reed or Brooks Kepka or Daniel Berger, um these are great players. I mean, these are guys that have tons of talent that yeah. will be on the PGA Tour for, you know, a couple of decades. When you see them go through these lulls, I think it's it's equally a reminder of how hard it is to be a professional golfer because mm-hmm. if Brooks Kepka can't make a cut, that's saying yeah. something because Brooks Kepka yeah. Does stuff to a golf ball yeah. that should be illegal. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. A quick break to talk about the first golf major of 2017. It is fast approaching, and to celebrate, DraftKings.com is hosting a free fantasy golf contest with a hundred thousand dollars in total prizes up for grabs. Whether you live and breathe golf or you're looking to try a new fantasy sport now that football's over, one week fantasy golf at DraftKings is for you. And fantasy golf on DraftKings is easy to play. Just pick six golfers before the tournament tees off, then just sit back and follow the action live. You can rack up points for streaks, per hole performance, tournament finishes, and more. Outscore the competition and you win. You can't get closer to the action than this. Millions of fantasy sports fans just like you have experienced the excitement of DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Go to DraftKings.com now to draft your lineup, get free entry in the $100,000 contest for golf's first major, with the promo code CLUBHOUSE. That's code CLUBHOUSE to play free for your share of $100,000 in total prizes only at DraftKing.com, the destination for one-week fantasy sports. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So what's more likely to happen? Tiger plays again in 2017 or Phil wins in 2017? Uh, I don't know. Phil kind of that crazy look in his eye down in Mexico, if he can figure out how to get the driver dialed in a little bit, um, he could be pretty dangerous. I think it's some of the you know, course that I think will fit his eye. Like I think quail hollow should be a good, good test for him. A little bit more wide open off the tee, depending on how they set it up. But I think Phil's got a couple more left in him. It, that stat though, that, that tigers won more recently than Phil just, blows my mind it's unbelievable i can't believe that i mean these are two they look like different humans i mean they really do i mean yeah. the pictures of the tiger at the book signing today i mean he doesn't even look like the, the same self and then phil's like you said phil's got it phil's got people haven't talked about the way phil looks on the golf course right now but i'm with you it's like this determined look he's not doing the sheepish yeah. smile as much anymore especially on the weekends he's just got this look like i want to get this win i want to win again so bad. I mean, yeah. you know, he, all the fans are high-fiving him and he's thumbs up and all that great stuff. But at one point, I mean, this is a guy that's won his entire life and, and not to have won since yeah. that Open Championship, that's a long, long time. 
yeah, he's he's grinding a little bit. You can tell he wants it. So, um, yeah, I think Tiger. Man, I I saw a couple of pictures from the Good Morning America hit he did today. Um, I mean, he's got some got some Jordan Spieth level hair plugs going on right now. That's, it's getting it's gonna be interesting. Those two need to need to commit to the baldness. I think you got to embrace it. That's I had a, I had a, a a a former PGA Tour winner now about to be Champions Tour player texting this morning saying, "Just go bald, man." I mean, you got to at one point just go. Yeah. All right, I'm done with this. You know, he's he's 41. Yeah. I know. I know. I mean, so Spieth it's, Spieth I mean, can hang on for a while. I, I'm with Spieth on hanging on. Listen, no reason. To give in just yet. You're still young. You're still very, very young. But I mean, Tiger's 20 years older than him. I mean, I was saying the same thing when I was when I was speed stage. I was like, yeah, I got another 10 years in me for sure. I started shaving my head like three years ago <laughs> <laughs> so, when I was like 27 or 28. You, know? you just you so, got to give in. I mean, hey, listen, you got married. You got kids now. You, you yeah. like it's yeah. it's fine. You're not you're not you're not still going out there looking around. It's it's a different life. I mean, you're just trying to get your six yeah. hours of sleep. What can the media do? The worst do? part about it is I can't I can't wear a visor anymore. That's the one like real negative thing about it. You're killing can't me. Can't wear a visor. Right You're killing me with this. You said yeah. Phil is the best dresser and you wore visors on the golf course. I, visors are my my I I dislike visors as much as I would say visors and white belts are on the top of my list. What what's your what's your qualm with visors? What's the problem? I just don't think most. I think most people wear them incorrectly. I think the old school high rise visor that you know has kind of made a little bit of a comeback is okay. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But like the, the 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 baggy shirt with the white belt and the visor, and just I feel like all it does is detract from an already bad experience when you're looking at someone's golf outfit. And so you're already look like a schlum, and then you got this visor on, and I'm like, what is happening right now? So that's that's just people not that's just more people not being able to pull off the visor. So so you can it's more pull of a it commentary off. on the people wearing the visor than on the visor itself. I think you're right. right? Can you pull it off? I used to be able to when I had good flow, <laughs> you know. But I mean, you know, like like looking at like somebody like Tommy Armour the Third or Mickelson still. I mean, those guys they they rep a visor better than anybody. Yeah, you know, I would. I love that look. So Spencer Levine too. I would say going back to the, to this stuff, he's just got this kind of mid to late nineties, like club pro look, like kind of baggier pants, um, baggier shirts, but like, it's kind of a, I don't really care. Look, right. which I like too, you know, um, but he's always got a nice visor on too. If there's so. one phrase that can follow Spencer Levine around his entire career, I think that, I don't really care. It's probably about right up there with it. I don't think yeah. to, I don't oh, yeah. get much debate from him either. He's kind of just gone about his business, and I I kind of respect him for it. I was going to ask you, yeah. you 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 are critical of media at times. What do you feel like the media can do a better job of in the sense of covering live golf tournaments? Because I mean, I you know, I mean, I'm a part of a, a media company that covers live golf yeah. tournaments, so I mean, this is helpful for me. Um kind of staying out of the way, showing more, showing more golf shots in general. Like there's a kind of a misconception that I think NBC shows more shots taped than anybody, but they show more shots. So it's fine. And they show them in pretty rapid fire succession. Um, That I think when they do unnecessary stuff, like with, it's fine when you want to show a leaderboard, but do it up in the top right hand corner or scrolling across the bottom. And you guys have done a good job with that at Fox. 
but like I get it just kills me when there's golf on TV and they want to want to tell us you know basically give us a full screen graphic of some some statistic instead of just you know telling us about it and showing you know and, and I know it comes down to advertising and sponsor you know all that stuff sponsored and all that but that's a big thing um otherwise I don't, I'm more of a minimal a minimalist when it comes to that stuff I just just you know European tour coverage they kill it I love it um, and then also just knowing more than the one or two facts about each player. Right. That kills me. You know, where it's, it's like, I mean, James Hahn will forever be the guy that did Gangnam style at the Phoenix Open or, <laughs> but, you know, Justin Thomas is Jordan Spieth's friend thing. Like just that sort of thing. Like do more homework, dig right. a little deeper, you know, tell the story a little bit better instead of just relying on the same platitudes. Well, it's somebody a reason to like each player. Yeah, it's 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 I will say like when you're doing like when I do PJ Tour Live and you do, mm-hmm. you know, you do the same group for four and a half hours and you're just with one. I mean, you're basically with two groups and it's you have to monitor yourself so you don't go into that. Oh, this Dustin Johnson guy, man, he is he's athletic. And you're like, you know, I mean, it's yeah. easy. It's easy to throw it away out there, but trying as hard yeah. as possible to just not say anything that doesn't add anything to the, to the, to the value is important. And I mean, that's something that I, that's when I got into the kind of broadcasting side of this stuff, I really have tried my hardest to not do that because I think it's, again, as you said, true fans, when they hear Justin Thomas is Jordan Speed's buddy, I mean, it just, it, you, 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 you almost kind of sign out a little bit in the sense of what you're watching. Yeah. I think the, the 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 important thing to consider too, and I think we probably, you know, go a little bit too far in, in some of our criticisms of coverage is just we have to remember how many super casual fans are watching. Exactly. Especially on the weekends. You know, like in the lead in from like I know they get a ton of ton of lead in viewers from that were just happen to be watching basketball or whatever it was on beforehand. Um, you know, so I, I know that's a factor as well. Um, and they, they have to, and they can't make it too highbrow, but it, it kind of gets back to my, I feel like golf media in general kind of takes this approach, uh, or this tack of taking everything to the lowest common denominator. You know, it's this whole grow the game, grow the game, grow the game. Well, I think at some point you need to ask people to a certain extent to, you know, Hey, let's, we'll teach you. We'll get you in the know, but at some point you got to, you got to raise the bar a little bit, you know, to where people, um, people have to up their knowledge a little bit too. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it's, it's, it's something that I've, I've battled a little bit with is exactly what you're bringing up is where, where's the line? Because you want to bring people in, right? I mean, the idea of all of this, I mean, anytime you see something about ratings or, uh, you know, people dropping out of the game and stuff is how do you get other people interested in golf? And I just don't understand why we've decided on this idea that to get people interested in golf is to not really talk about golf. You know, I, I, it just exactly. it doesn't, exactly. doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I yeah. mean, that's one of the things I try to do here. I mean, I want to talk golf. I mean, you know, it's like I want to bring people in that care about the game and that like it because yeah. I like it. You know, I go on vacation and I play golf. I mean, it's, it's, what, it's what I love to do. So I yeah. just I, I don't understand why it's and, – and again, I, I don't also understand why everything's – got to relate back to the game either i mean golf is its own entity yeah. golf is it's the most unique sport in the world i mean it's played in these 
places that if an alien landed on 18 at Pebble Beach, they would go, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. They wouldn't know anything about the game, but they would understand what beauty is. And, you know, it's it's yeah. a very unique thing. So I, I it's just, again, I, I just, you like you said, it, it seems that, you know, to, to try to find people to come to the game, we've decided not to talk about the game, which in a way has hurt the people that actually like the game. And this is weird. Yeah. So, so, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, basically my sense of growing the game is like my, my wife, I was talking to DJ Bass about this the other day. Like, like my wife isn't going to go out and play golf because she saw it on TV or something like that. She's going to play golf because I go out and play golf or, you know, same with some of my friends, like I'll take them out to play golf. So the people like I would focus on the people that really like golf and rely and make it easier for, for people to go out and play golf and make it easier for them to watch golf and to explain the nuance of it, you know, and, and some of the, you know, instead of just, I, I think that's, that's been something that's been wrapped up in the whole distance craze too, is everyone wants to see the, you know, the ball go super far, but there's no, some of that, some of that nuance has gotten lost on you know a new generation of viewers and all that too you know and and it's just kind of that gets wrapped up in you know a similar thing happened with baseball right where you know everybody started hitting home runs and then they forgot how to steal bases and move runners over and you know kind of manufacture runs similar things happen with golf you know where people people don't know how to work the ball anymore i think a lot of the artistry of the game's gotten lost and probably the, the toughest thing for an amateur to do is to learn how to drive a ball a long way and, and, and hit it straight. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of the biggest limiting factor right now. If you're an amateur, like that's, it's frustrating when you go out and play because everything's predicated upon that. That's all you want to do. That's all you see. It's a, it's a, it, I could only imagine how difficult it would be at 33 years old to go, all right, I'm going to go try to learn how to play this game because I've been playing it my whole life. And it's so, it's just so incredibly frustrating so many times when you're out there that Mm -hmm. to pick it up cold Turkey, I couldn't even imagine. And again, I think that once the people get hooked, like especially guys around my age, I mean, this seems to be the age when I see all my friends turning to the game, you know, I mean, they want to get, they want to get golf consumption and, and it's, it's just, it's, it seems to be a kind of a weird battle. Okay. I wanted to ask, you had to pick a current grouping of three PGA Tour players to tee it up with on a random course on a random day. Who would be your three? Uh, I got to say Phil. Probably Phil, Rory, and Spencer Levine. <laughs> you can't get away from them. <laughs> uh, and I would, I would probably do, do me, and, me and Rory against. Spencer and Phil, the little money game. Oh man, how many shots are you getting in that in that little in that little money game? Oh, I'm scrum? getting a lot. I'm yeah, getting, yeah, I'm getting like a dozen. If you're five putting, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're five putting, I think that's fairly important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how many PGA Tour players have blocked you on Twitter? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I think I don't think any player Elkington blocked me. Um, but, and I like Elkington. I I just blew him up for something stupid but um i think dotty pepper blocked me like that's i'm really only blocked i think darren ravel dotty pepper elkington and maybe one or two others i really people think i'm blocked by those people i'm not you know it's strange like like people like people uh reach out all the time they're like uh randall shambly blocked me randall shambly still hasn't blocked me and 
I like Brandel though. I love his, I love his takes. Um, how about you? Man, I, I've I've got some random people that have blocked me. You know, um, Graham Dillette has me blocked, which I think is is got to be as random as it gets. I guarantee you, I've never sent anything to Graham Dillette or said anything with his at yeah. handle included in a tweet. So that's the one I feel like is the most random that I feel like has me blocked is Graham Dillette. Uh, and I, I've got some some somebody in a. There's some like LPGA commenter or something that blocked me as well. And again, it's one of those things where you're like, I don't know if you hit the button wrong or what. Like, I'm not hitting you up hard. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just trying to trying to enjoy myself over here and get some podcast out. You well, know? That's like Dottie. I mean, I've, I've heard from, I think Dottie's blocked like most of Twitter. Like, I've never said anything about Dottie, positive or negative. I think I said something positive last year. And, um, yeah, I just thought that was strange. Um, and it's funny, too, when you mention somebody random, like somebody the other day, and they mentioned Corey Pavin, like just out of nowhere in a tweet. Didn't tag him or anything. Like two weeks later, he just favorites it. So he's out there searching for his own name, you know? I I think there's a lot more of that. I think than, so, too. I, I, it think. seems like – and I mean – I do a lot of stuff that wastes time and I, I couldn't imagine going through Twitter and seeing what people say about me. Right? I mean, it just seems like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean you, if you really want to know, I'm sure you could find it, but doesn't that seem like just a horrible process, especially with, you know, when you go and go in the doldrums of Twitter and just be a deep, dark, dark, dark place. I mean, do people think they're going to find positive stuff? Like, are they going to find like four random dudes with eggs being like, man, I love the way this guy commentates. Like nobody says that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. Uh, it's so weird. Twitter is just a crazy place in general. Do you I like it? it I mean, do you like it? I love it. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook. I hate Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram pretty much, and that's you know, and and really, I like Twitter. Like, I get most of my news. You know, like most of my journalism from Twitter. Like, you know, people I follow there, and just as far as breaking news, or I just love interacting with people just talking golf for sure you know? so uh, my last question for you is with just kind of yeah. the no laying up thing and your <laughs> just your your surprise i guess you could say by maybe just how popular and how big it's blown up already and i mean are there plans do you guys have plans one day to, to turn this into something more or is it just going to be kind of the fire joe morgan uh golf side of things that that you know has a successful podcast and, and a good website and excuse me a successful few podcasts and a good website and um, a great place to, to kind of, you know, go to for, for kind of the, the, the inner golf fan. Um, I think we've got plans. We're just trying to grow it kind of slowly, but steadily. Um, we're kind of bootstrapping it ourselves. So we've probably limited ourselves a little bit on the growth side by not taking, you know, outside investment. But, um, but yeah, I, I think the next 18 months will be really big for us. Probably the next six to 12 months will be huge. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely getting to the point where, on a good week of golf, it's tough for me to do, do my real job. You know what I mean? They're tough for me to, to stay focused and, and, you know, execute at a high level there. Um, you know, I still do it, but it, it's just, it, and I think it's going to get trickier and trickier here because we're getting more trips lined up and, and, you know, just wanting to, you know, wanting to be on site at some of these events and all that. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a balancing act right now, but I think we're starting to, getting close to reaching critical mass to where I think we can can start doing a lot more with it and then, you know, give ourselves a little bit more of a runway. Well, it's, it's been fun to watch it. I will say, I mean, it's been fun to get to know you guys as well, but I just feel like the no laying up thing is, is a place that 
um, is still so true to kind of the beliefs in in what mm-hmm. golf fans should be. You know, it's it's not it hasn't it hasn't you know gone astray, and and I really like that about. Um, you know, y'all's individual accounts. I like it about the site and, and, and the podcast and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So um, as a person that, as I said, has to bite my tongue um, more often than probably <laughs> I wish I had to, I just want to say thank you guys. And thank you in particular for, for yeah. always uh, bringing the comedy and, and, and saying kind of what a lot of us can't say. And plus adding to golf. I mean, it, it is so funny to think that mm-hmm. uh, you guys, you know, buddies that, that just kind of started up, you know, a Twitter account and and threw it all together now are, are a leading voice, you know, in, in golf media. I mean, it's, it's, it's the bonus and the exciting side of all of this. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it's something you'd be shocked at how many messages I get after sending out a pretty hot take tweet, like just, you know, calling somebody out for something, how many messages I get from people just saying, thank you. I wish I could have said, like, I, I wish I was able to say the same thing, but I can't do the, my career or something like that. I'm like, all right, that makes me feel decent that I'm at least on the right track. And I say it cause I'm not really beholden to anybody, you know, but, um, but yeah, once I start going too far beyond the pale, you guys gotta let me know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and what's, what I think has always been the breaking point for this stuff is if people are mean and I feel like you guys yeah. have never been mean. I mean, you've had moments I'm sure where you probably regret saying this or that or, wish you to maybe worded it a bit different, but I don't feel like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's menacing. I don't feel like it's mean. I don't think it's intended to be. I just think it's, it's good. It's good natured for the most part. And I think, you know, like that's what yeah. I love with like your interaction with Wesley Bryan is it's good natured and you have fun with it. And he, and he, he comes back mm-hmm. at you as well. And it's not like, I feel like the, the players and, and the people around that for the most part feel that. And I think that's very important to, yeah. to keep that, uh, to keep it as, as a loose criticism but nothing where yeah. you know somebody feels Don't like make it, it it's personal. mean. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No. And I think we, we've probably crossed the line at times with Bubba or Poulter or me with Deschambeau. Um, But then again, like those, you know, some of it's just, hey, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not really saying anything other than just saying what you did, kind of thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so there's there's a certain sense of where is the line, you know. Um, so I think we've we've wrestled with that a little bit in the past, but. Sometimes I also have to get on Solly a little bit to, to, you know, tell it like it is with JT or Rory, some of his, you know, some of his guys, he doesn't want to, you know, he, he kind of wants to use kids gloves with them. So I got to tell him, you know, Hey man, he deserves to get called out for that. <laughs> and and <laughs> so again, what, we try to, we try to be equal opportunity, you know, uh, critics know it. Kind of comment yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I, but you know, what's what I love is when, when that does happen, I mean, from the big, no laying up account, when there are callouts mm-hmm. on guys like Rory and JT, they jump in it. I mean, they, they don't – this yeah. is how yeah. – in, in a way, this is how athletes are. This is how teams are. This is how people are. Is I mean, they, like if, if a player does something stupid, his teammates will call him on it. I mean, sometimes in a joking fashion, sometimes not. But, I yeah. mean, that's what it is. And so I do always love that they'll jump in and have a little bit of fun with it because – Again, at the end of the day, this is golf. Golf is supposed to be fun and exciting, and it's supposed yeah. to be this amazing, beautiful sport. And these guys have a great life. And if somebody's, you know, giving them a little bit of shit here and there, that's okay. Yeah, and well, and that kind of getting back to the to the wardrobe, kind of the the fashion stuff. Like, I'm not the most well dressed person in the world, but <laughs> at the same time, like, I don't have I don't have access to you know, all these outfits and all this stuff that these guys get paid to wear. But, but some of them are just like, man, like, I hope they're paying you 
even more than I think they're paying you because like you couldn't pay me enough money to wear that just out of self-respect. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I get, I like, I like kind of saying, man, like that guy really, he really doesn't care about what he looks like. (laughs) Which is, <laughs> might, I guess in some level it's kind of commendable, you know. Yeah, it's, it's you're on TV wearing that, man. I mean, that's what you pick, yeah. and that's what that's what company you went with. I I I have those same internal battles at time when I watch uh, some of these guys on TV. But again, you know, money talks to a certain extent, and they got to kind of go with yeah. who's uh, who's offering it up. So, I mean, it's again, it's, sure. it's it's their internal battle, and it's ours to look at and at times call out. But I appreciate you coming on, Tron Carter at Tron Carter N L. You, you can, of course, catch him on No Laying Up, Trap Draw Podcast, all that good stuff. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate it. Well, that'll do it for this week's Clubhouse. Many thanks to Tron Carter. A very interesting follow, of course, on Twitter and just a very interesting personality. It is great to see uh, so many kind of golf fans getting into this and sharing their opinions and being excited about the game and not being scared to just talk. And that's what's very important. As I said, positive content even if you're maybe being critical i mean people can take stuff if you're not mean about it and so that's i think is kind of the takeaway there uh, just a reminder this week's episode is sponsored by ogio you've heard me talk about their golf bags you have to go check out their backpacks i took a backpack on my three-week travels and ogio backpack and it was unbelievable i actually dropped it from my bag, probably four, five, six feet drop. It landed where the laptop case is, but there's a security sleeve inside. No damage to the laptop, completely fine. I picked it up. I was nervous, but OGO had it handled. Go to OGO.com, O-G-I-O.com right now. Check out that backpack selection. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. That'll do it for this week. As I mentioned, I'll be in Austin, Texas for PGA Tour Live. Make sure you sign up. Make sure you get the app. Put it on your Apple TV You'll pull it up. It'll feel like you're watching television coverage. It really will. I mean, besides having to listen to me do it, it'll sound much like television coverage. I think you'll really enjoy it. We'll be back next week. We have uh, an amateur that's going to be in the field for next week. We have some of the drive, chip, and putt participants that are going to jump on a pod. That should be pretty fun. And we also have a NBA Finals MVP set to come on, a guy that is very obsessed with golf. So very excited about some of the guests we have rolling on. I hope you get out and play some golf this week, make some birdies. Also, bear down, go Arizona. I'm a little bit nervous about the Thursday game against Xavier.